Today is Return of the Doc. Return of the Doc. My wife's favorite guest, Dr. Davey. I recorded this before my hospital stint. I wish I'd talked to him after to get some advice and be scolded, but he listened and scolded me afterwards in retrospect. Anyway, we talked about the latest on COVID a little bit, and he shared some fun tales from the ER. Now, he wasn't actually an ER doc, but it sounds more catchy than tales from the virologist and contagious disease specialist. We talk about myths and facts in the supplement fields. Yeah, you're probably wasting a lot of money. I know I was. The placebo effect, keto versus Mediterranean diet, cryotherapy, B12 shots, and more. We learn in order to be a drug, I'm just a drug. Yes, I'm only a drug. There has to be a controlled series of tests, and then they get approved to be a drug because they've been tested and their effects are tested. But supplements and other stuff, they need no such test. So if you have a general question, Davey's the perfect guest. He's patient, funny, and very non-committal about results. He relies 100% on data and test results. No emotion at all. He's like if Spock and McCoy had a baby. So sit down, strap in, turn on, and turn up this myth-busting episode of Tony on the Mic. Well, this little homage goes out to Davy Smith. I had to badger and beg and plead for him to drop his important work with Operation Warp Speed and COVID curing and come and be on my little podcast. So since he came back, I made him a special little uh, Return of the Doc mix intro in lieu of the regular music. Hope you enjoy it, Davey. And I hope everybody enjoys Davy Smith talking about life, medicine, COVID, and placebos. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Davey's back. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you listen to this fine podcast product. My name is Tony Lawrence, and I'm Tony on the mic. Today, my guest, world-renowned return visit from Dr. Davy Smith. Say hello, folks, Davy. Hey, everybody. Now, when I had you here last time, I knew that you were smart. I knew that you were, you know, you knew your stuff, and you've been working on this stuff, but I had no idea you're like the, you're like Fauci light. You're like the expert of all experts is that accurate to say yeah yeah nice uh nate you've done some other high profile stuff a little not quite as i mean tony on the mic is about as high as it gets but other than that what, what else have you done out there to help spread the word yeah so i get interviewed regularly for you know forbes wall street journal i was on cnn a couple of times uh local news a lot um, I also uh, do my hometown network a lot, just so I can talk to my parents over the TV. <laughs> That's awesome. When you say hometown network, what what channel is that? Let's give a shout out to K WCB TV oh, in Chattanooga, WCB. Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> now, do they zoom you or call you or how yeah, does they that... zoom me? Yeah. Nice. Again, setting up the bona fides. You, when people say they do the research, how do you feel when someone says? Well, I did my research and dot, 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 when they look some stuff up on the internet, which is a good thing to do, don't get me wrong, but you're in the lab, in the trenches, spinning vials and drinking blood and stuff like that. Does that, do you like, come on, man. <laughs> uh, I actually very much like the democratization of research, and I feel like people going out and finding and learning stuff, I'm all, I'm all for it. Uh, what what annoys me <laughs> is uh, sometimes when they think their Google search is the same as you know peer-reviewed right. published research, and I think much of that just comes from needing more scientific literacy in our schools. Science. Yeah, so I'm a big advocate of uh, schools and science. <laughs> <laughs> now you tech now. Can you explain in a, in, a, in a snippet like what Operation Warp Speed, we all know, 
conceptually what that was. We need to find a cure. We're gonna not. We're gonna you know not cut any corners or spare no expense. Find a cure. How did, how the nuts and bolts of that work, and how were you involved with that? Yeah. So Operation Warp Speed had two components to it. One component was to find as vaccines as quickly as possible. And the other side of the coin was to find treatments as quickly as possible. And my part of the job was to find treatments as quickly as possible. And specifically, I was tasked to find treatments to keep people out of the hospital. So, like you were early on with HCQ, did you do testing on that? What was the, like how did that evolve? How did that become a potential cure and from the medical side how did it translate compared to the public slash political side yeah i mean it's a very interesting story but maybe it's only interesting in my head but when, when <laughs> let's I hope think, not <laughs> yeah well, i think it's interesting so when i saw the pandemic happening i was actually in a, on a cruise with my parents going around australia and i'm like oh crap i gotta get back home uh-huh. And uh, there were very early reports showing that HCQ could be used to treat um, Junior, SARS-CoV-2, as I like to call it. And, but I didn't know. In fact, I wasn't sure that it had any use. But what I did know is that people were going to start to use it because they had no other um, thing out there. Right. But the problem with that is that it's not completely safe. So we needed to do the studies as quickly as possible to get an answer whether it was useful or whether it not was not useful. And specifically, if it was going to be useful, it was probably only going to be useful for people who were in the early stages. But the fear is that when somebody is dying, they just want to do whatever they can. So then they give it at the very late stages, which is actually the absolute wrong place to use it if it was going to be effective at all. So back in February, I sent an email off to the NIH and said, hey, we need to do this trial right away. <laughs> and they, they ignored me. No. Um, and then it wasn't for another month. Did you say, do you know who I am? pull that card out more often. Exactly, I should pull that card out. <laughs> they, they did know me, actually. Um, <laughs> but but they ignored it and said, yeah, you know, that doesn't work. And I'm like, the point isn't that it works or it doesn't work. you got to prove it right. either way. Um, otherwise, people are just going to use it. And that's exactly what happened. And people died. It was a complete mess. And finally, the NIH in March said, hey, you know that trial? You need to start that. <laughs> So, so, so we did, we started it, but it was really too late. It just become politicized. Yeah. And to this day, honestly, we do not know if HCQ works for early COVID or not. There's really? just not enough data. And we know it does not work for late COVID? We absolutely know it does not work for late COVID. So that's too bad if, yeah. And I'm afraid, again, this is real life, real speed. There's no instant replay or pause button. I'm afraid we're gonna have more, much more answers after it's hopefully over or at least yeah. significantly managed. Hindsight is always 2020. Yeah. yeah. My eyesight right now, 2010. Oh, I did. Yeah. A, I, I got a new uh, prescription, and we were in, and the doctor said, "Oh, on a test, and she's ready to let me go." And I said, "Can I try the line below?" And she was sure. I said, "All right." I read the line, whatever letters, and then I said, "What is that?" She goes, "Well, that's 2015." I said, "Hey." I said, can I read the line below? And she goes, yeah. And I tried it. She goes, wow, that's really good. That's 2010. That's pilot vision. I'm like, yes. So my current vision is better than hindsight because hindsight's 2020. Yeah. I'm 2010. Uh, but I, I wish digress. we could all go back to 2010 because 2020 was horrible. Yes. I'll, I'll sign off on that for sure. I will absolutely sign off on that. Well, speaking of COVID, it's like, where do we stand right now? Is it safe to go to baseball games? Is it safe to go to movies? Is it safe to go? What's your best advice in terms of socialization for that? Uh, I mean, it's a hard question. It, it, it always, the answer is always, it depends. Um, but where we are, um, we have good vaccines, like people need to get vaccinated. Um, the second thing is we have some treatments, both for people who are in the hospital, so late COVID, and some for people who are in uh, early COVID. Are but, they? Are we keeping more people off ventilators now? And yeah, a lot more. A lot more people out of the hospital too. So if people do get early COVID, there are these things called monoclonal antibodies that we tested in the trial. Check out the big brain on Brad. You're a smart mother.
I know. <laughs> For those of you not in on the joke, we have a, a long-running... David's an author, and I'm an author. We're in a writing group together, and I'm always giving him a bunch of crap about being super smart, and his readers or listeners aren't as smart. And I'm mostly talking about me. I'm not a smart man. But <laughs> when, you, when you have something that's worthwhile, monoclonal antibodies. Did I say that right? Yeah. Pretty good. So that's early treatment. Yep. What about late treatment? So there's other drugs like steroids and um, some fancy uh, immune modulators, basically drugs that change the immune response that are wow. used for late COVID. And were you involved in some of that stuff? Not the late ones, just the, the early, early ones. ones. Yep. Uh, well, that's better. You know, hopefully we can get more people involved early. Um, in terms of masks, again, masks are mostly to not spread it, not not catch it. Is that correct? Okay, so if I go to a baseball game and I wear a mask, but everybody who has COVID is not wearing masks. It, it, the mask helps you a little. Okay. It would help more if the people who had COVID were wearing a mask. Okay, so it's keeping it in that way. So in, in hospitalization now, the breakthrough cases that break through the vaccine or break through the antibodies versus non-vaccinated, what are, the, what are the, the breakdown? Do you have any approximate idea? Yeah, so if somebody's vaccinated, their chances of needing the hospital, hospital, needing a hospital or being ventilated or dying is a lot, lot less. Like these vaccines work. Um, in the hospital right now, nine out of 10 or maybe even nine and a half out of 10 mm -hmm. are people who are not vaccinated. Okay, um, now how does a vaccine compare to antibodies? Like if you had COVID and you've built up some natural antibodies, are those... Are those considered effective? Uh, so if you survived your first COVID infection, mm -hmm. then you made some sort of immune response, usually antibodies, or there's also cells that can help. Mm -hmm. um, and those, that first infection does prevent you from getting sick later. So it's kind of like getting a natural vaccine. Mm -hmm. The problem is you got to survive your first one. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it turns out that that, that in first infection may not be as good as a regular old vaccine. So oh, really? it's much it's much more dangerous to go this natural infection route. Right. And you also have a higher risk of spreading it, if I'm not mistaken, if you actually go through the trouble of getting it. If you get it, you're going to spread it. For every one person who's infected, they usually spread it to five people. Really? Yeah, especially with wow. this Delta variant. Wow. Now, I hear a lot about the Delta and the Lambda and the... Alpha and Omega. I don't know if those are actual variants, but <laughs> what what are? Can you define? Give me a little uh, insight on what an actual variant is, and is one worse than the other? Yeah. So uh, the virus is evolving to okay. us, um, and when it makes these changes, this evolution, we give them new names. So that's what the variants mean. Um, it's just learning how to infect us better. So the first one was called alpha, so it made one change, and then the beta was the second change, and then we're at gamma, and then delta is the big one at the moment. A new one that's coming along is called mu, and what that, all that means is these are the new, uh, the next generation of evolutions that the virus is undergoing to infect us better. So the ones we hear about, like like I've heard about delta was the big one, and then lambda was one. I don't know if it was a big one or not. But there's actually been one for every Greek letter, is that? Not, not, not for everyone. Oh, okay. uh, so there was a lambda, there's an iota, that's the Cali what's called the California variant. Um, but uh, some of these variants spread really fast and go really far. That's the Delta variant. Okay. And other ones, we don't know yet. That's like oh. the Mu variant. Okay. So all variants are bad, just not equally bad. Yeah, all, all variants are bad. The reason that there's some reason while the vi why the virus is evolving, uh, because it's infecting somebody better. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's the survival of the fitness. Oh, so it has it has its own built-in survival mechanism that it that it wants to survive. It wants to. It is evolving to survive. Wow, and it's surviving means killing. Yeah, us. we're just a, we're just the ones on the menu. Ugh. Oh. Uh, let's see. What about booster shots? What do you think? What's your? Can I get a? Should I get a booster as soon as I'm able? Uh, boosters are super controversial at the moment, only because we don't know who 
where, when should get them. And what I mean by that is, uh, it looks like we're all going to need a booster, but which one of us needs it when? Right now, it's pretty clear that if somebody is immunosuppressed, then they probably need a booster sooner. If they're over the age of 80, they probably also need a booster sooner rather than later. But someone in you know their 30s, 40s, 50s, the jury is still out whether or not they need a booster sooner or later. It also might depend on where they work. So if they're a frontline worker, it looks like maybe they need a little bit of a booster. So everybody probably could use a booster. Right now we're talking about prioritization, like when the vaccine first came out. It's not just about prioritization, it's about when. So if somebody's younger and they have a good immune system, they probably made a very robust uh, response to that vaccine. And that's probably oh, going to last them for I another see. year, gotcha. maybe 16 months. So the timing of their booster is also super important. Okay. So like my dad, he's 80 something, 81, 82, 83. I don't know. I should know. Don't tell him. I don't know. To be clear, I know how old my dad is. He turns 85 this month. He had radiation treatment for cancer and he said some things. He's he got vaccinated but not a booster yet is should he try and get a booster yeah he needs a booster okay and it well it really depends on when he got the last shot of his series okay so probably about six months after his last shot he'd probably be due okay so probably about that i'll ask him but then uh i hope he listens to your podcast oh he does okay he's one of my four loyal no <laughs> dude you're preaching the word to dozens of people around I had a listener in France the other day. I actually messaged the show. Wow. France. That's crazy. The World Wide Web. Another question is actually one of my dad's questions. Is He said, is there a way to boost your own immune system? Diet, exercise, vitamins. Uh, I guess vitamin D and zinc were, were big in the beginning. They're talking about that. What, what things can people do to boost their own immunities? I think the best thing for this virus um, is not vitamin D or zinc, the best thing is to lose weight. Mm. So take care of yourself in all the other ways in terms of getting good exercise, losing weight. Um, you can't make yourself any younger, but you can take better control of your diabetes. You can take better control of your uh, blood pressure. Um, those are both big uh, and, and obesity. Those three are like big reasons why people go to the hospital and die. From so COVID. if people can take care of those a little bit better, it improves their chances of living if they were to get COVID. So diabetes, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, my dad is diabetic. I'm pre-diabetic, but through genetics, because my day-to-day, -day, man, you can't see me, but I'm flexing. I'm in great shape. <laughs> those guns. <laughs> Sun's out, guns out, baby. Uh, <laughs> There's also talk about a nasal vaccine. Is that a reality or is that a dream or is that on the horizon? Oh, yeah. I think that there's going to be a whole bunch of different types of vaccine. There's going to be perhaps one that we can do by, you know, inhaling it. We can probably eat a vaccine soon. Wow. So people are looking at a bunch of different ways. Hmm. Interesting. And then uh, ivermectin's in the news. Tell me about that. Yeah, I think it goes back to the HCQ problem. It's just the new HCQ. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing that happened with HCQ. Doctors were looking for something to use. Right. They saw that hydroxychloroquine, HCQ, had some effect. So they just didn't have anything else, so they just used it. And now um, they, there's some evidence that ivermectin works um, in the lab, but there doesn't look at, like it works at all in people. Oh, really? But people are doctors and they're grasping for straws and they they just start using it well i don't know if you follow joe rogan he's the second biggest podcaster after me and <laughs> he got covid and he now to me this is a, almost a little dangerous because he has all the resources in the world you know he has you know literally hundreds of millions he sold his podcast rights for 100 million or something like that and he said they threw everything at it, HCQ, ivermectin, steroids, blah, blah, blah. And he made a really a, a robust recovery. So when people hear that, how do they know what, if any of that specific stuff worked or the fact that he's, you know, a fairly young guy in pretty good shape, you know, because a lot of people recovered anyway without any of that stuff. Yeah, that's the problem with anecdotes. 
So that's the reason that you have to do clinical trials. Um, I feel bad for him because that sounds like a horrible uh, malpractice of medicine. Uh, they used a bunch of stuff that wasn't approved for that purpose. Hmm. Um, we have clinical trials. We know what works. We know what doesn't work. And if they, we don't know, then we should do trials on it. That's what we did, tried to do with HCQ. That's what's going on now with ivermectin and other trials, even with an Operation Warp Speed. Um, but the only time that somebody should ever get those um, drugs that haven't been proven should only be in the setting of a clinical trial. And if people do it outside of a clinical trial, that's malpractice. Wow. So he got really bad care despite being worth $100 million. Right. Um, yeah, and that's that's... I'm a, that's sad to say. It's kind of where we are socially now. You know, that everybody, the Kardashians have more credibility or impact, or a Joe Rogan, or just anybody famous, essentially, than, than you know, nerds like you who nerd alert. <laughs> do the work. Yeah. <laughs> that's a playful nerds, everybody, just so you know. How do your family and friends respond to you when you try and talk to them about COVID? Well, most of the time they talk to me by asking a question first and then they listen politely. <laughs> <laughs> do you think they listen or do you yeah. think they just listen politely? I and you think they, they hear you? I think they listen. The people who don't call me are the reason that I go on local Chattanooga TV and talk to them <laughs> through the TV. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's got to be weird. And I'm going to talk about this more later, but I'm sure people other than me reach out to you just and say, hey, what about this? What about that? What about this? That's got to be weird that if do you ever get people who reflexively disagree if they don't like what you're saying or. Yeah, I mean, most of the people who ask for my opinion, at least we're on usually on some friendly terms ahead of time so we can have a good discussion. Uh, rarely, but more so in the setting of COVID, people have very entrenched ideas on things that becomes problematic. Hmm. So they would call you and say, hey, I got this pain in my whatever, and you say ice it or heat it or wrap it or whatever, and they say, okay, and they say, hey, I think I might have H or I might have COVID, and you say, okay, don't take ivermectin, and they go, I'm taking it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've had that happen. Um and then I have the same conversation that, you know, people shouldn't use unapproved drugs because right. it's dangerous. Unless they're part of a trial. Unless they're part of a trial. And if you're in a trial, you don't know. You might not be getting it. Exactly. Usually it's a blinded trial. Uh, we have to compare it to something else. Hmm. So if you have your placebo group and then your, no, that'd be the control group, if I remember my science, mm -hmm. and then the experimental group and the per percentages are the same, then we know it's not. A very effective drug yeah. and if there's a marked difference then we know that it works and if there's not and sometimes the experimental group does worse than the placebo group oh and that would that's important to know too exactly yeah. that's the, that was the problem with hcq because that's exactly what happened with people in the hospital um, when they got hcq they did worse wow and i'm sure people... how do people not know that <laughs> that should be like running on a ticker on every channel because it was a politicized thing that was oh. it dependent on what your politics were dependent on what you thought the answer was the problem is science doesn't care about your politics right science yeah that's a good line. I'll make a t-shirt says that so well all right that's gonna do it for the opening segment i appreciate the uh COVID expertise and background we're gonna have a little more fun with uh davy smith and get a few personal things here in the meantime I'd like to thank uh, Iris Spa, the irisspa.com massage is licensed and registered and insured a full body experience with aromatherapy and they have everything you might need to be pampered. Manicures, pedicures, hair salon, everything in the same spot. Check out the irisspa.com for more information and also Core Power Yoga. They're not a sponsor, but I just signed up and if I get enough people going in there saying Tony on the mic sent me. They might hook me up with a free month. So, Core Power Yoga. Tell them Tony on the mic sent you. And we're back with world-renowned Chattanooga famous Davy Smith, COVID doctor. Actually, you're not a COVID doctor. You're a infectious disease specialist. Am I saying that right? Yeah, I'm an infectious disease specialist and a virologist. Oh, a virologist. Wow. And... I think we covered this in your early one, but what made you decide you want to be a virologist? 
Yeah, so I grew up in the time, in 90s and uh, did my medical training in the 90s, and that was when uh, HIV was hitting, and I'm a gay man, and it was killing a bunch of my friends. <laughs> and now, I were saw, you already on your way to being a doctor? Yeah, okay. so I was in medical school in 92, and then, so lots of people were dying, and in the hospital, and my friends, and I was like, yeah, maybe I should fix that. Hmm. So that's the reason I became an infectious disease specialist, uh, did research and treated HIV patients and learned how to work with viruses. So when the pandemic hit, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I've been training for this all my life. That's right. Yeah, it's go time, baby. It is go time. Nice. So I got some general health questions. If um, you, you don't mind indulging me, I'm sure you get asked these a lot. And certainly if you have no opinion or don't know, then that's obviously okay, too. I'll edit it out so you don't look uninformed. Uh, so when you listen, it'll sound like you knew the answer to everything I asked. My wife has restless legs. Okay. My wife, Shanna, is your biggest fan, by the way. I mean, yes. I'm okay. sure that, first of all, I've interviewed friends and family and semi-famous people on the podcast, and you're her favorite guest. So you're my favorite, you're her favorite podcast guest, and I'm sure she's your biggest fan. What does Davey say about it? What does Davey... I can't, although you might think I call you every day. <laughs> Trust me, I, I wean it out. I don't I don't send an email, you know, laying in bed going, oh, what does Davey think about this? I, I do pester Davey a lot, and I try to, I try to do it in small groups. But um, she has restless legs. And one of the things is a dopamine, uh, not producing dopamine. So she takes something that, that produces dopamine. And there's talk of a dopamine pump or a morphine drip. Both things that they say works on that. Should I be worried? Um, I think you might be should be worried and jealous that I'm her favorite. <laughs> Tr you know, trust me, because it doesn't matter what I say. You know, I I could have the you know Encyclopedia Britannica stacks of uh, information, but if you say, ah, just go have some sweet tarts, she's gonna go have sweet tarts because. <laughs> So, it, you know, it is outside my realm of expertise, um, but I have a, quite a few patients have rest, restless leg syndrome, and the new there are a whole bunch of new therapies that are coming really? and have been done in quite good clinical trials. So I'd recommend, recommend her to find a good neurologist in, that specializes in that area. Okay. Um, but a, a morphine? drip that's one of the things you're talking about man that can't be good i do not know about the morphine drip part um, okay so yeah i'd check with a neurologist before i would do that all right what about um and again and don't answer every questions with talk to a neurologist talk to a nutritionist talk to an orthodontist. <laughs> you said you're going to edit it out well we'll see <laughs> but i can't edit everything i have to have some content <laughs> let's see um so the diet the diet craze has been going on since the beginning of time. Uh, keto diet, Mediterranean diet, Atkins, paleo. Now, the Mediterranean diet isn't a fad. I mean, I, actually, my doctor said you should go on a more Mediterranean diet. What do you think about the ketos and the Atkins and the paleos and all that stuff? Well, what I do know is that my mother has lost a lot of weight on the keto diet. Um, so she is a absolute believer. Keto fan. A big keto fan, yep. Does anything worry you about that? I mean, is there... So the high amount of protein is not necessarily that good for people's kidneys. So if they have underlying kidney disease, which my mother doesn't, but um, it can be dangerous in that setting. So it, it needs to... If someone's going to do one of those diets, high fat, high protein, really should talk to their doctor first. Yeah. Uh, the Mediterranean diet, there's really good scientific robust clinical trials showing that it decreases heart attacks and strokes and diabetes so uh, all things I'm trying to avoid <laughs> yeah we should all try to avoid that so nuts uh, fish um, greens greens the, the, the that diet very clearly uh, decreases the risk of death associated with heart attack and cancer blood and pressure does it affect blood pressure it does nice what about Atkins so Atkins falls uh, in my grand scheme in terms of the high, pro it's just a high like fat, high protein. So Atkins it's like is a just old keto. They just yeah. rebranded it. Uh, keto is actually old Atkins. I mean, 
which Atkins was first. Was, uh, Atkins was first. I thought Atkins was first. Yeah. Uh, what about Paleo? So Paleo is just uh, same thing. Same thing, just really? less cooked. Yeah. Oh, see, I thought Paleo. Now, Paleo and Caveman are those pretty close? Yeah, that's what they're supposed yeah. to be. And uh, it's funny when I talk to people because they say things like, "Caveman only ate." you know, got berries and leaves and food that they hunted and killed. And I'm like, yeah, but their average age is like 40 when they die. <laughs> so I'm not certain that I want to go back to that. But it, but it's always interesting. What about like supplements and multivitamins? What do you, where do you... Where do I fall on that? Yeah. Yeah. So... No, no. Let me refer to What do you... Do you take anything? No. Nothing. There's no... There's very little data showing that those supplements do anything so okay, put them in cool. clinical trials see if they work and when they do they don't work um, the vast majority of vitamins that you take pee, get peed out um no, i now, don't take a lot of vitamins if if no i didn't mean you <laughs> specifically but uh you know vitamin d if people are deficient in vitamin d yes, right. they should take vitamin d if they're deficient in vitamin b yeah you should take vitamin b if you're not deficient in those things you're getting enough in your diet there's no reason for you to get uh, higher level super therapeutic vitamins your, your kidneys just pee them out hmm. what about like uh supplements like glucosamine yeah do the study there's no studies you there's no study on that yeah. No, people don't. People are willing to buy it without the studies. So, I mean, not that any studies that I know of. There's probably some somewhere. Uh, whether they were done in a really good, rigorous clinical trial way, as soon as that happens, then it becomes a drug. That's something that we say, okay, this is important for you. Otherwise, eh. I mean, think of this fish oil. People did a really good study with fish oil and said it brought down people's cholesterol and improved their health. So then doctors like, hey, you should go take fish oil. Right. Glucosamine? I don't. I don't see that. Really? Yeah. Dang it! Now I gotta do more stuff. It's called advertising. Yeah. No, it is not science. Because glucosamine is known and clinically proven to reduce inflammation and improve joint flexibility. All right, dang it! In I'm, gonna really, I'm gonna really sound stupid in a few minutes because. <laughs> All right. What about uh, turmeric? Any? Nothing. Okay. You can just. It's good for food, apparently, in some places. I have a doctor friend who says he sprinkles turmeric on his beets. And I'm like, I don't like beets or turmeric. So it would have to be a miracle drug for me to take that. Uh, what about, like, superfoods? You, like, people, let's see, kale, blueberries, uh, quinoa. Are those... If, if people like the taste of beets and turmeric or superfoods, yeah. then they should eat them. Okay. Um, if you don't, there's not... There's not clinical evidence. That Nobody's shows. done the trial to say that that... Okay, well, this one is different okay. because I'm doing this one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, collagen. So, I'm really smart to be... I just started, like, a few days because I'm doing my own, like, little test. I'm going to do 30 days of a collagen supplement because of my shoulder or my knees. And I... I can't see, you're like my dad, and I'm coming home explaining why I went out with my friends, <laughs> and it sounded like a good idea at the time, but you know when your feet are on the fire, it's really dumb. So, collagen? Yeah, collagen. So collagen is a protein that forms all of our joints, a lot of other places in our body, but it's a protein. So if we eat it, it goes to our stomach. Our stomach is full of acid and enzymes that break down protein. So if collagen is put in there, it's just broken down. It doesn't make it to be collagen in your shoulder. Really? No. What about an injection? What if I got an injection in my shoulder? If, if then it could put collagen there. People put okay. collagen in their lips. You can, their face. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But that's not really what you're wanting it for, no. right? No. So this is the reason that we do science. That's the reason that there's a difference between scientific studies versus sort of this... Um, advertisement yeah it's funny you know because i always consider myself really smart and really uh, you know and i'm like yeah cleanses i get it yeah do it do a cleanse uh, it's it's great it's the same as like fasting and all it does is i mean it doesn't cleanse everything i've read is you know the one thing that i do have to say is there is a placebo effect 
Yes. And then, like, a fifth of people, if they believe something will work, works. I'm definitely in that fifth. Because all my life, like, if I have a headache, I'll take an aspirin, and my headache goes away. And, you know, there is proof that... <laughs> well, in clinical trials, aspirin does take headaches away better than a placebo. Well, but, I'm only two days into my collagen, and I already feel a million yeah, bucks. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, and 20% of people, one in five people, get an effect out of something that otherwise is harmless. I'm like, sure, go for it. Hmm. Uh, what about... Like, Bless America. See, now, damn it, this all made sense when I was sitting here alone thinking of good questions, but I'm at, I know the answers. All right, testosterone boosters. Yeah, now testosterone is a very interesting, uh, it, so it's a male hormone. It makes people, you know, um, have lots of energy, have lots of libido, do all the things that... Uh, make men sometimes bad, makes women <laughs> sometimes feel great. Um, when when people have low testosterone, they feel horrible and right. really do need to be supplemented um, with testosterone. Okay, well, what about the over-the-counter that you see the commercials all the time? Yeah, that just doesn't, that's just, Nothing. yeah. Okay, now I didn't do that. I said, <laughs> I said that's not going to work. So, so there, in the United States, there are certain things that are not governed by the FDA for this, quote, health food right. thing. And uh, that just means they haven't undergone those clinical trials. And we can get into the politics of how that happened. Um, but in general, those fall outside the purview of FDA because they're not clinically proven and there's no reason to do it. Um, we can take that collagen example. If I did a clinical trial and I gave you a pill and I said, one of these is collagen, one's a placebo, but you don't know. I'm going to give them to you, and then I want you to tell me how your shoulder feels. And I do it for 100 people. I would get the same effect by the people who got the placebo as I did it by the people who got collagen. Maybe. It, yeah. Collagen sure. works. I am sure. 20% of people <laughs> would say that their shoulder feels better. Didn't matter what they took. Right. That's a placebo effect. That's great. A fifth of people felt better. Right. But it wasn't because of the collagen. I'm taking collagen. <laughs> I already bought it. And it works. And it works. <laughs> thank, you. thank you. Thank you. All right. Now, something I am doing, this is true, um, cryotherapy. I'm going to do a cryotherapy session. I was big on ice you baths. freeze your brain? Uh, everything below the neck. <laughs> <laughs> and um, this is, again, anecdotal, but it's coming from a couple of people I know and, and have good relationships with. They said they feel great after. What do you, what do you think? Don't tell me it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I'm taking Christmas presents. You are away. taking <laughs> Christmas away. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You're call you Davy the killer of hope and dreams. <laughs> what what is this cryotherapy? It's uh well, okay, let's just talk about like ice, like ice for inflammation and ice for swelling. A lot of, you know, athletes and uh, dancers and different things, they'll use ice packs or ice baths and it reduces inflammation. This is a whole body reducing inflammation thing. It's just a cold tank. It's 100 degrees below zero or something. You're only in there for like two and a half minutes. And I hope it's not that cold. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> yes, it's cold. Okay, and then... If, if you like it, then that's... Yeah, do it. Come on, man. <laughs> I don't know of any proof that says that that would help do anything. What do your instincts say? Sounds smell. Feels very cold. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I would... Things would go back inside me. <laughs> yes. Never to come back again. <laughs> I was a little worried about the shrinkage. And I went on Groupon, and I got some B12 shots. Those are great, right? <laughs> so B12 is another vitamin and if somebody is deficient in B12 they should totally get B12 that's called pernicious anemia um, people who have who drink a lot of alcohol also can lose B12 and another vitamin called folate and thiamine and those people also need uh, B12 because if they don't then it messes up their nerves well I'm actually on an iron supplement because and actually well since we're going 
I'm getting an early colonoscopy because my doctor's a little worried about my iron and the product production of different stuff. And so when I, he said, you got to colonoscopy, wait, 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 I already had one and I'm not due for like four or five more years. He goes, eh, I'm going to move up that timeline. We're concerned about, I think folate was a word he mentioned. I think, what is it? Iron, the processing of it. What is it? Uh, yeah, so so your blood needs iron, B12, folate, vitamin to grow. And that cycle of um, iron and all those vitamins occurs in the gut. And uh, one thing that could happen is you could develop a, 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 a polyp or a tumor in your in your GI tract in your gut and that could cause blood to be lost and that would look like anemia and that's one reason that we do colon cancer screening which includes a colonoscopy uh, sometimes but that's one thing that could someone could be looking for other ones is that you could have other reasons like ulcerative colitis or other types of colitis that could cause blood loss which causes anemia yeah he's pretty sure there's some sort of blood loss going on in there yeah so that would be a classic reason how scared should i be I, I an exact think. percentage <laughs> I think you should get the test. I, I am getting the test. It's on the calendar. <sighs> this has been the most depressing episode. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. It's good. Um, the last thing is caffeine in this thing. Uh, caffeine. Pro, con, dangerous, addictive? Well, we definitely can become... Addicted. I mean, it's really basically uh, your body will crave it after a while. You get a headache. I get a headache if I stop drinking my coffee in the morning. Um, the good news is there's some really nice studies showing that um, caffeine, coffee in particular, decreases multiple other health. So it's healthy. Things. It can be. Yeah. I mean, there's there are data showing that. Uh, regular cups of coffee a day decrease heart disease huh. yeah i mean it's kind of cool all but right. that's the reason we do research right yeah no that's good that's the first good thing you've said all day uh, <laughs> oh and the latest what about gluten everybody's cutting gluten yeah so there are some people who have uh an autoimmune disease or a, a, an immune problem where they attack gluten so gluten Gluten comes from wheat. It's a specialized protein in wheat. Um, we eat lots of it yeah. all the time, pasta, pizza. But people who have that immune uh, problem towards wheat um, and towards that protein gluten, it does not go well for them. Their gut really just gets torn up and can have lots of lots and lots of problems. People, So people who have gluten, celiac disease, definitely shouldn't eat gluten. Now there's been, and that's okay, this is what science happens. Lots of controversy in science saying, well, everybody can have, or some people can have gluten sensitivity right. and they shouldn't eat gluten. I think the jury is still out on that. And there's no, nothing proven that gluten is, is bad if you don't have that reaction. Exactly. And it's, and there's no, there's no, it's not necessary either, right? So if you were to cut gluten, it would seem it would seem very Atkinsy, you know. You'd cut a lot of carbs and a lot of, you know, your breads and your yeah. rices and stuff like that. Yeah. So it kind of all goes on together. This is you know where clinical trials are also needed. People who don't have gluten sensitivity and cel celiac disease can have a gluten diet versus a non-gluten diet and figure out if it causes any difference. And if they feel good, they should just keep doing it. Yeah. So whatever diet you have. All right. Well, here's what's on the agenda. Okay. Colonoscopy, which you're pro. Pro. The cryotherapy, which you're hesitant because it's cold. You're as cold as ice. <laughs> I wouldn't do it, but if it makes you feel better, you should do it. Okay. Now, when you say you wouldn't do it... I don't really like being cold. Okay. Yeah, like, have you ever had an ice bath? Yes. And? Yeah, I didn't like that. So but, no, of course you don't like the bath, but did it make you feel better after? No, not really. Really? Because I did. for I, When I was playing basketball, I'd come home and just literally get an ice bath for 15 minutes. And I did like ice packs on my shoulder or my knee or playing, yeah. Yeah, playing basketball and stuff. You should try cryotherapy. Full, 
the full immersive, which I've done, just just wasn't for me. Didn't do it. All right. And then vitamin B12 shots. I'm doing that. If you are vitamin B12 deficient. Now, what's the downside? And I am, by the way. I am. So, but let's assume I'm not. Let's assume I'm normal or average or in the in the range. What's the downside besides money? I'm wasting money. Very, there's not, there's, I can't think of much of okay. a risk. Of, you can't overdose on B12. Your, your kidneys pee it out almost instantaneously. Okay, so if I need it, I'll keep it. And if I don't, I'll pee it out. Yeah. So there's no real downside. Step the shot. And it's going to make me feel, uh, that's going to make me feel good. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to, I'll do a little cryotherapy, a little B12. Yeah, I'm going to be 10 years younger. You'll see. I'll be the clinical experiment. I'll be the anecdote that everybody uses yeah. for this study. All right. All right, that's gonna do that section. I appreciate it. We're gonna uh, take another little commercial break. We're gonna go to Lante Construction. They do everything from Oceanside to the border and the desert to the ocean. Small jobs, big jobs. When you need something built at your home, call Lante Construction. All right, I'm back with Davey Smith, who has just shattered all of my hopes and dreams for uh, self-improvement through supplement and told me a lot of things I already know. But now, we're going to play a game called Myth or Fact. And Davey is the expert on this. These are some little things I looked up. And the first one, sugar makes kids hyper. Myth or Fact. Uh, it it's a myth. Can you? That's really bad radio. You <laughs> can't get a little more. I mean, the thing is, kids like sugar, so it makes them excited. So then it looks like they're hyper. So it's this whole circle of what you actually call by you know making them hyper. So okay, so they get excited. Oh, I get I get sugar, frosted flakes. Exactly, or maybe I've never had you know. Yeah. Yeah. But the act of eating sugar, sugar going into the system doesn't yeah, create. No. Interesting. Okay, now here's one I have a problem with. Okay. And I'm sure that I'm wrong. I am sure that I'm wrong. But help me understand why I'm wrong. Being cold doesn't make you catch a cold. It's like if you go out in the cold without a jacket, without something, you would never do that because you hate cold. We've already established that. Why do I get sick? in the winter and when I'm outside in the cold? Yeah, no, that's a good question. So, one, you're getting sick from some infectious agent. It's not something magic about the cold air that automatically has viruses in it. It's a virus or okay. it's a bacteria. So cold, the temperature cold, cannot make you have a viral infection. Okay. So that's one. Two, now we have a we have an association versus a causation problem. This is crazy, I know. This is insane. <laughs> so if you get a cold that's a viral infection, that is a cause of the cold, is the virus. Okay. But the thing that's associated with that is you're going to catch it from somebody. And the time when you're most likely to be close to somebody is when it is cold. You are in the house, somebody else is in the house with you, and they have the virus. So the association is, it's cold outside, and I got a cold. The but the reality is, but the reality is I, was, I got it because I was in the house with somebody else who had that same virus. Or wherever, because you're inside a lot more in the winter, and you're in schools, and you're in whatever. Oh, all right. Let's see, that's easy. I get that. I get that. Yes. Because I... <laughs> Tryptophan, turkey, makes you tired. Myth or fact? Uh, it, it's a fact. Um, yeah, so tryptophan uh, does have, makes people a little sleepy. Mm -hmm. So how much turkey would you have to eat to get an amount of tryptophan that would affect your body? Everybody is different. Um, and uh, it actually probably doesn't take that much. Really? But there's tryptophan, it's an amino acid, so there's lots of tryptophan and lots of other proteins as well like steak steak yeah uh, fish yeah huh. now like melatonin is a okay damn it does melatonin work yeah melatonin okay um, <laughs> mel <laughs> it, it it doesn't work for everybody it's a hormone it uh 
is absorbed it it can cause people to um be a little sleepy too so there's also a big placebo effect with melatonin really yeah yeah that's probably why it works for me because because i'm that guy i'm that 20 percent. you're highly suggestible so yes i am why isn't there a tryptophan supplement instead of melatonin? It would seem if that's a real thing that actually makes you tired, they could package it and sell it as a. It's though. probably very weak, and you'd probably have to take a lot a of giant it. Thing. Yeah, like you eat a turkey leg or something. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there is one out there. Hmm. Why do I have to wait an hour after eating before I swim? <laughs> you don't. Myth. Yeah. Why do you think? How do you think that got started? I think it's because my mom didn't want us to go swimming. She wanted to relax. Your mom a little bit. started that? Yeah, myth? exactly. It's Holy mom. cow! <laughs> That's one influential mom. I think it was all talked about, you know, blood being diverted to digestion that would make you weak if you were out swimming. That's sort yeah, of just not physiology. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes, like right after I eat, I have trouble doing like push-ups or sit-ups, only because it's just kind of uncomfortable mm -hmm. in there. Is that real or am I making that up? No, that could be totally real. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we only use 10% of our brains. Yeah, Myth that's not true. or fact? What percentage do we use? You know, it depends at what time and what we're doing and which parts of our brain we're talking about. Um, is most of our brain active most of the time? Or, or no, is most of our brain active at some time? So, so most of our brain is actually devoted towards like um, throwing a ball or physically moving. And those portions of the brain are operating when we're operating. Um, if we're thinking those different parts of it, when we're seeing, that's the back part of the brain that's active. Um, so how do you think that would start? We only use 10% of our brain. We have a very large capacity in our brain that we aren't using all the time mm -hmm. because we're not always running, throwing a ball, jumping up and down while doing calculus, right? <laughs> or, no. <laughs> so it, it does look like our brain, you know, all of it isn't using at all times. So. Hmm. Um, so is there a limitless pill? A limitless pill? Oh, you didn't see that movie? that engaged the other 90% of your brain and it gave you crazy intuitive powers and calculating speed and actually some telepathy. <laughs> I, I'm not aware of that pill, but I heard that Adderall is close to that. Really? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> so I should go buy some Adderall? <sighs> I don't want to start that. Okay. But there are lots of doctors <laughs> out there and medical students and students in general who have been using Adderall to sort of juice right before they do tests did and you? stuff. Did I? Yeah. No, I'm totally boring. Did you take like coffee? When I was in school, I, I not I wasn't a big coffee drinker. Wow. How'd you get through medical school? I sat next to a very smart guy. Ah. That's a good <laughs> strategy. <laughs> uh let's see. Myth or fact, your hair and nails grow after you die. You've done autopsies, right? I have. I have. Um, Do they have super long fingernails? No. Super long hair? No. What if they had long hair when they died? <laughs> they had long hair. <laughs> uh, the, you, you do become dehydrated um, as you as you die and decompose, and so everything sort of shrinks in, so it does look like nails. The things that don't shrink, like your yeah, nails, your exactly. teeth, your hair. Your teeth don't look that long, but your hair can look maybe, I guess, a little bit longer. Because skeletons, when I picture a skeleton head, I picture big teeth. Really? I don't know why. Oh, because there's no gums or anything. Because no I guess some of yeah. that disappears and covers it. Let's see. Uh, 5G. How scary is it? Everybody's worried about 5G as the next viral thing that's in the air that's going to kill us. You mean like for cell phones? Yeah. There's, there's no evidence that any of these cellular waves that are bombarding, bombarding our body, including our cell phones, have any health effects. Hmm. What about uh, microwave ovens? Same thing. What about sitting too close to the TV? <laughs> you have been talking to my mother. <laughs> <laughs> she said you sat so close That's to the TV. TV. Yeah. And yeah, not that one either. No. Okay, any other myths people ask you about or things you like to dispel? What else did your mom tell you? 
Do you have to? <laughs> I don't know. No. Um, you know, thinking of like common questions that I get. You can't get the flu from a flu shot. Yeah, okay. Now, could you ever? Yeah. So there are, there, <laughs> uh, there, and actually, we'll take that back. In kids, the nasal vaccine for flu is actually an attenuated flu virus. So the virus does grow a little bit it for kids in that flu shot. It works great. It's not a shot. It's a... Uh, nasal spray right. um, but the flu shot we give in terms of an actual <clears throat> shot is dead so there's no way that that could give you a flu impossible impossible so if somebody gets a flu after a flu shot it didn't come from the shot it didn't come from the it, shot it's back to that causation and association problem right well that's you know it's funny because i hear people say all the time i never got a flu shot for 10 years and the one year i got a shot i got a really bad flu mm-hmm. it just sounds stupid when people say it it can't be true right it, it can't be true but it but it, the the association is real. When do we give people flu shots? In the, in flu the winter, season, right? in the flu, flu season. season. So yeah. their chances of getting something is higher at that time. Okay, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this segment. We got one final segment, and get you out of here and back to important work. And uh, it's going to be tales from the ER. Even though you weren't an ER doctor, but just some. Hopefully, you have a couple interesting stories about. The Dr. Biz. So, and that, with that being said, we're going to thank our last sponsor, Retro Sports here in La Mesa. They do screen printing, heat press, embroidery, all in house. They don't send any of it out for individuals or teams. They can do a logo and build you a website to sell your spirit gear. So, check out Jacob Ober over at Retro Sports. And we are back with. Oh, and you know what? I made you a little, a little, uh, guess who's back? Back, back, back again. A little thing for your intro. Oh, nice. Not a play. Yeah, it should be pretty good. So guess who's back? Davy Smith. Uh, Davy is responsible for cleaning up many of the myths his mom started uh, back in Tennessee and apparently was the adventurer, the America's Vespucci, if you will, of parenting myths. I did run an STD clinic for 20 years. Wow. So there had to be something in there. Yeah, like tons. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to tell one, and you can totally... Edit it? Yeah, or you should probably just cut it. But I'm going to tell it, because it's like my favorite. All right. Favorite. I have two of them. Oh, good. I want to hear them both. So one, I was... uh, I actually was working on uh, Navajo Reservation out in um, Tuba City. Tuba City, California? Arizona. Arizona, okay. And uh, I was there. Small little clinic, doing urgent care. Uh, kid, I go to the door. They give you a chart. Yeah. On the top of the chart, is STD specific or is it just a, a this clinic? This was just a clinic. Okay. And okay. Uh, reservation. But on the chart, it says problem with foot. So the nurse always wrote what the problem was. So when you went in to see the patient, you weren't totally caught off guard. So I went in there and I said, "Hey, what's wrong with your foot?" And he looks at me like I had grown a third eye or something like that. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with my foot. And I'm like, well, the nurse said that uh, there's a problem with your foot. And he goes, oh, well, that nurse is my aunt. I'm like, oh, okay, so what's wrong with your foot? And he goes, uh, my is dripping on it. <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> it is. It is so funny. I mean, I, I couldn't stop laughing. But the thing was, I had to write... The order to yeah, get I was the say, antibiotics, yeah. and his aunt, the nurse, had to go give him the antibiotics, and she not, she knew what was going on. Right? Did she? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's hysterical. All right. What's your other favorite? Uh, so I had another one uh, in the STD clinic, and this uh, young guy comes in. I think he was fourteen. He was dropped off uh, by his mom, and uh, he wanted to ask what. <laughs> so his. Uh, he, he wanted to know why every time that he peed, he had a little bit of pee still on his penis. And uh, he was really worried because his older sister, it was just him and his mom, and his, so that's where he was getting his advice. His older sister told him that it was because he was playing with it too much. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and he fessed up? Is that, and did that's he... what he said. He's like, is it because I'm playing with it too much? Because that's what my sister keeps saying. <laughs> 
And I was like, you know, I'm really happy that your mom brought you in here so we can have this conversation nice. about stuff. Stuff. That's yeah. awesome. I want to promote your social media. I know you have a TikTok. I was turned on to your TikTok last week. It was fascinating. Um, I'm not a big TikToker, but I'm going to be. I'm going to be TikToking. So tell me about your TikTok. Yeah, so uh, I have an 11-year-old niece who actually I'm having to babysit this afternoon. Oh. Um, and she got me hooked on TikTok because we've been doing them together. She's my producer. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a great way to get information out about stuff. And it's called Incredibly Infectious. That's what I do is Infectious Disease Doc. So we talk about all sorts of stuff. And I think the one you saw is about ivermectin. Yes. Uh, so that's pretty cool. We also talk about COVID vaccines. And it's all these short, hopefully digestible. It um, was fabulous. Yeah. It really was. It was fantastic when I watched it. And incredibly infectious. Now, I don't know a lot about TikTok, so is there a limit on how long they can be? Yeah, three minutes is the max. People okay. do parts and whatever. I try to keep it as short as possible. Sometimes I tell cool infectious stories about how parasites can make you want to have suicide. And That's, uh, yeah. that's a cool story. Good <laughs> Lord. These are amazing things about <laughs> infection, so we talk about that stuff. Um, I'm a little, I'm not as good at it as my niece because I don't do any dances, but I think uh, it can still be interesting. See, I think you should do dances. I should. They can find me on TikTok at Davy Smith MD. Davy Smith MD. Yeah. Now, okay, again, so infectious. Incredibly infectious. Incredibly infectious is the name of the series or the yeah. account, but not your, like, page so they you can find, find it either way oh so, really okay yeah. so if you hashtag incredibly infectious or davy smith md they'll find me davy smith md so i want somebody to go on there and just hammer this guy saying i heard you on tony on the mic uh -huh. so he doesn't feel like he completely wasted time we want to double his 12 viewers yeah exactly <laughs> 12 followers yeah oh followers that's yeah. what they're called any other social media any other websites any other? oh rise above covid is that still yeah rise above covid is the trial that's the one from operation warp speed so okay. riseabovecovid.org. We have two new agents coming into the trial. They're going to be oral agents. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So try to find new drugs um, for COVID-19. So it's pretty exciting. Nice. And then you say they're working on a oral vaccine where you would like take it? Yeah. We've been working on an oral vaccine for a while in my lab. It's going to take a while. A little while still. Um, and then what about the nasal vaccine? It's probably going to take even longer. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So, Davy Smith, MD on TikTok. Is that your only social media? Or you got you can any? find me on Twitter. The Twitter, same, same, same thing. Davy Smith, MD. Davy Smith, MD. Because I got Tony on the mic on everything. <laughs> now, I haven't utilized a lot of it, but I went through and secured it. Because you can only have one, right? I mean, there can't be two Davy Smith, MDs. That's right. Okay. So, it can't be two Tony on the mics. Right. So I'm, I feel pretty good about that. All right, now I'm going to ask you a question to end this that we asked last time, and I want to see how your answer compares, if it changes or not. Mm -hmm. It's electric chair time. You're in the electric chair. You have one movie, mm -hmm. one meal to eat while you watch that movie, mm -hmm. and one song to put in your headphones. And I have to confess, I don't remember your answers, but I'm going to compare them <laughs> and see if they're the same or if they've changed. So what's going to be your meal? Uh, it's probably going to be fried shrimp. I'm pretty sure that's different. Is I don't it? think it was fried shrimp. Well, well I'll have to listen again. My wife would know. She'll know he's a linguine. Cause she <laughs> I also like crystal hamburgers, so it'd be very... It might be. Because you can't get those here. It's only in the South. Yeah. They're horrible. <laughs> yeah, all right. And uh, is you sh you're a... What, crystal burgers, you said? Crystal hamburgers. They're crystal hamburgers like and Castle, fried shrimp. They're very Southern, but yeah, fried shrimp would be... All right, or and then you're gizzards. watch gizzards. Yeah, Shawshank Redemption would be because I'd want to know how to get out of prison. Yes. Okay. All right. That was the one. And then uh, your song. Now, tell the truth. Are you trying to remember what song you said, or are you thinking about what song might send you away? You know, I I, I listen to so much Good. stuff. Good. Um, that song should change every other day. <laughs> yeah. Um. The song that I was listening to on the way here okay. would be uh, high on my list, um, uh, which was uh, Nina Simone's Consummate. So, uh, oh, that definitely was not your last one. Now, you was, might have been a Nina Simone song, though, last time. I bet. I, 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 
but I'm, I'm totally a fanboy of Nina Simone. Nina Simone. Yeah. And if I am, if I'm in a funk, which I've been writing a grant all day, I get in the funk. I just play it over and over and over while I'm writing. So, wow. Yeah. So hopefully this gave you a nice break from grant writing. Yeah. And uh, it's totally fun. Brought you out of the funk a little bit. Because we want the funk. Gotta have that funk. George Clinton. Uh, maybe that'll be the song I'd go off to. Probably not. But it's a good song, especially if you're out on the dance floor. All right, I want to thank my guest today, Infectious Disease, Davy Smith, MD. Remember that word, Davy Smith, MD, on TikTok and on Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. What, which Twitter. One? Twitter. And check it out. Follow them. It's a good follow. It's good information. It's real information from a real doctor in the trenches doing the work, putting his hands on things that have vaccines in them and, and trying to kill that disease as it tries to kill us. So check it out. Follow Davy Smith, MD, on every possible media. And uh, thanks for coming in, Davy. Thanks, Tony. You say goodbye to the So I usually say, say goodnight because I usually do this in the evening. So I guess you could say good afternoon to everybody. Good afternoon, everybody. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Tony in the Mesa. The Mesa. Outro. 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 And that's going to do it for another episode of Tony on the Mic. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. I want to thank my guests. I want to thank my sponsors. And you can find more info and episodes at TonyOnTheMic.com. Tony on the Mic on Twitter, on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. All these platforms are slowly becoming populated with quality entertainment products. So check it out. And tell your friends and click and like and subscribe and all that stuff. 